Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon. And guys, I am uh, struggling to figure out how to introduce uh, today's guest because not only is he a touring musician, uh, he's a social media influencer, he is a fitness model, and uh, he's an actor and movie star as well. So uh, I'm just going to roll right into this. Uh, welcome to the show, Jesse James. Hey, how's it going, man? Dude, thank you so much for coming on, man. I have had the pleasure of watching you from afar from about the last 15 years become an overnight success. So, uh, you know, well done with that. Tell us a little bit about you, because I don't even know how to introduce you. I've got at least four things that you're a world-class <laughs> superstar at. So what are you doing on my podcast, Jesse? Uh, so, yeah, we, uh, as Sam mentioned, we've uh, kind of known each other for a while, back from the uh, car club days, actually. You see a street. <laughs> Do you still have that? Do you still have that Camaro? <laughs> no, dude, I, I wish I did. I, I ended up selling it because um, my mom needed a car, so I, I ended up selling my, I had a car and a couple bins. Uh, SUV, so I saw those and got her uh, a ride because, um, I mean, any car guy knows that it takes money to keep those things going. It does, and moms can't really do clutches, either, yeah. Can they? Yeah, so I uh, so I got rid of it, but one, one of these days, hopefully, I get hope to get back one in there. But, um, so yeah, as you mentioned, I, I kind of do a little bit of everything. I started out uh, kind of in the music world, uh, I play you know, travel across the U.S. with my band Hindsight, uh, we're based out of Houston. I play bass in the band. It's kind of a hard rock or metalcore band, I guess, if you wanted to kind of try to label it. Um, if you want to kind of, I guess, get an idea of what the sound is, it's probably like uh, Breaking Benjamin, Kill Switch, uh, maybe some Seven Dust is influenced in there as well. So back to hindsight, man. Um, because you, when I think when I first met you, you were playing with Brothers in Arms. It was a, a while back. So Correct, yeah. It was, it was a Christian punk rock band. How did that, does that make does that make Christian music better or does it make rock music worse? Um, I would say Christian music better because my, my thing is is like I feel like Christian music in general is always at least like a year or two behind mainstream. Okay. Um, because because I I play outside of all of that I play over at a church I go to here I play bass as well for mm -hmm. them and and it's praise and worship so it's all more or less the same chords uh, and so it's it's the same chords just <laughs> shuffled yeah just shuffled to different songs different different voices on it i mean so it's i like i like playing but it, it it's it can get you know kind of repetitive isn't, isn't all music just the same four chords sometimes man sometimes <laughs> i mean mainstream kind of seems that way it's like they have a formula and they just stick with it hey i mean if it works it works right uh, i mean yeah i guess that's that's what makes it i mean Everybody's gonna hate on Nickelback for him using the same stuff, but I mean, I like some of them stuff. I like do, yeah, some of their stuff is. Yeah, I, I do like some of their stuff. Uh, <laughs> it it is kind of repetitive and it is kind of the same. You know, you know, kick punch, kick punch. But it, yeah, it makes you want to drive fast. I mean, isn't yeah. that what it's for? Yeah, it's, it's if you take it for what it's worth, face value, then it's good. But I mean, if you're trying to break it down technical and just be you know gatekeeper to it, then yeah, it's gonna it's gonna annoy you. Yeah, I uh, I stopped I stopped really caring about the the technical aspects of music once I realized how it all just came together in specific formulas and you know if it sounded good and felt good then I, I generally just listened to it you know yeah I agree 
So what's life like as a as a as a working musician, man? Because I know you you tie, you don't really have a a, a, a defined career path. You tie so many things together. Um, tell us a little bit about life as a musician and what it's like working with a band. I mean, do you approach it as a business? Because there's there's all kind of personalities involved, and then there's a whole business side of that that involved as well. What's that like? Yeah. Um, so working as a a band. Um, you know, there's always a, a saying saying if you if you want to find out if you can make it as a band, just go on tour with your bandmates, and you'll find out real quick if you can make it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have tons of stories that we could go off of for uh, for tour life on on how bad it went. Well, um, with you, can't, you can't dangle yeah. that. Yeah. So, like, so a lot of people don't know. I was a professional musician for a while, and I I got to the level where it didn't matter necessarily about your music skills, just as how well you gelled with the guys that you were you were working with. So Correct. Dig into that for us. Give, yeah, give, yeah. give me a nightmare. Come on. Yeah, because you, you have to basically. Um, I mean, these are guys that you're basically driving across the country in a van, you know, eating and farting away, you know, <laughs> state state to state. Just so you have to get you have to get you have to click with them as a musician, and then you have to click with them almost as like a, a family member. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like a basically like a family vacation. You're going across town, or across states, or you know wherever with these guys so you have to you have to click with them you have to kind of mesh with them um there's like you said all different um type of personalities involved um we had one uh tour where we went uh kind of across where were we going to boston oh wow yeah from from houston from houston to boston that's a riot you all in a van yes so we had (laughs) had a van and we're you know towing our our equipment with our, our trailer um, and then we went to Boston, and then we dropped down to, to uh, New York to do a show down there in Manhattan. And uh, and we we had a new member at this time, and and we brought him in, and he kind of was thrown in into the whole tour thing because he, he's never been on tour as well. But we've we've been on four or five different national mm-hmm. tours, so we kind of knew what to expect. Right, right. I mean, rules of the road is basically you you hold it until you <laughs> make, you basically make one stop. You make yeah. a. a you make a gas break. That's it. Go to the bathroom. Get something that's neat, it. and then you know you you you, know, you fill up while you while you, know, you, you let out, man. I'm laughing because the, the longest piss I ever took. <laughs> I was I was on tour, and because um, I was the young kid in the band, and the the the, the driver, I'm like, oh man, come on, you gotta stop. And he'd be like, come on, all right, exit, and then he'd start to exit, and he'd swerve back on the freeway, just and I I swear to God, I almost pissed myself. <laughs> and, as I ran to the urinal, I'm like, let me look up my watch. <coughs> and I pissed consistently for a minute and 12 seconds, man. Yeah, dude. It, <laughs> like, you, the learn, rule, you don't violate yeah. the rules of the tour. Yeah, because yeah, you, you throw the entire, like, we have a time schedule. Mm-hmm. We have it down. Yeah. If, if we stay on the road constantly, you know, just straight consistent, we can make it to the next, you know, because sometimes you're driving states, like, yeah. from one state to the next state. Um, and, and people, if they haven't driven across Texas, I mean, Eight yeah. hours and you're still in Texas. Yeah. I, so so it you know you have to get it down, especially when you're you're you're, you're basically making it super close. Because we had to do one where we went from um, Orlando and we had to be in New Orleans the next day. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, you're that's, just that's you're awesome. just hauling. And so there's there is no room for stopping every every other you know third exit. A lot of the glamour of the lifestyle gets lost after your first tour because you're just like, wow, that was hard work. People don't realize you pack up in one city and you might leave that bar at. 2 a.m. And, and then have a four-hour drive to the hotel for the next day and then sleep in and then another few hours before sound check, man. They, they, 
They yeah. just don't. They just see you show up and get and get you know yeah. prepped and you're you're jamming out and you know they yeah. see you jumping on stage and and then all right we're done now where are the girls yeah yeah <laughs> the, the green rooms nothing but dudes yeah uh, but yeah so it it uh, so we we had that one where we where that was kind of the big thing is he, is that he didn't he didn't know that's the rule and we kind of try to hammer it into him like so every you know we we'd leave gas and you know get food and stuff and get you know probably about thirty minutes. And just, 40 minutes down the road. Hey man, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm like, he's like, bro, we just left the gas that. station, dude. Like you're, you're, so he put us behind quite a bit doing that. Um, and then we, uh, basically would, we'll, we'll switch on who's driving. Mm-hmm. So of course, whoever's driving gets control of the, you know, radio. Oh, right. Yeah. And so that's, <laughs> so usually it's me and me and my buddy, Brad, we kind of end up driving more. Our other mm-hmm. buddies will sit in the back, um, and drink or, uh, I have like a little Raspberry Pi that I put all video games on, and oh, so nice. we have like a little, uh, like a seven-inch screen, mm-hmm. and then we'll play video games, and then either that or we'll catch up on, um, you know, some like it's always sunny or something like that. Yeah. And so you may just catch up on stuff like that, and so that was one of the one of the big thing. And then another thing is um, when we stop, you get food. You know, we make one stop for food, and that's, that's it. it. Yeah. And so we we you know he kind of was. Nah, I'm, I'm just, you know, I brought some stuff. I'm not going to really go out and buy anything. So then we all go get our stuff. We come back. About to get into the, uh, so we'll eat either on the road or we'll eat like right there by the the uh, van. And then we're about to leave. And he's like, oh, man, I'm, I'm kind of hungry. I think I'm going to go get something to eat. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> and so one one time the. Uh, we so were, you fired that guy then or what? He's not in the van anymore. I mean, <laughs> good guy and all, but just just didn't, didn't mesh well with the, right. with the van. But. Uh, the funniest part about that was one time a uh, lady at uh, McDonald's, we were getting breakfast, and uh, she called them out on it because we were up there, all of us are in there getting breakfast and uh, about to leave. And uh, she asked him if he wanted anything. He's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm good. And then we're about to leave. And then he's like, well, I think I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get something. And so then she's like, oh, now you want to order. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that she could see it was, you know, was, was, it was hilarious. How do you, like, because... You're always in the gym. I see. I see that going on a lot. Yeah, five days a week, man, at least. Dude, whenever I travel, like the first thing that happens is me feeling like not working out, and the second thing that happens is I generally stop working out. And you know, I just I finished seventy five hard uh, a few weeks ago, so I had to incorporate workouts with traveling, and it was such a pain in the ass. How did you manage to keep track of your fitness? Because you you and we'll get into that later in the interview because you're well into fitness. How do you stay on top of that and maintain a touring schedule? Uh, so usually it's like the uh, the way I met you know Brad, which is the uh, lead singer. He he was uh, here in, in town finishing his PhD for uh, become a uh, research scientist, and so I actually met him through Brothers in Arms. We were playing shows mm-hmm. uh, when he was in hindsight, and then I actually ran into him at Gold's quite a bit because uh, he's working out there because uh, that's what his degree was in. Uh, so we would always just chit chat, kind of uh, talk about working out and and band stuff and like that. Uh, so when we're on tour and stuff like that, if we have like an off day, um, usually when you're traveling, you, there's there's no way you're gonna get to the gym unless right. you stop, go to the gym, work out, and then mm-hmm. you know when two of the people that are really big into working out and then the other two aren't really into that, can't really do that. So no. if we have an off day, um, usually me and him will, will go find a gym and then work out and just. Kind of just do like some cardio, some some almost like a full body workout mm-hmm. type workout, just to get just to get some blood pumping. Um, and for the most part, I just 
try to not eat like garbage on the road. I mean, that's that's <laughs> the big keys because you want you know me. I just I'm sitting there. You just want to snack. Yeah, the entire yeah. time. Yeah, no, no, that's true. I I tell you the the because last time I was touring was early two thousands and now when I take a road trip, the quality of food available in gas stations is exponentially better now. It's it's a lot easier to eat. Yeah, yeah, you can get some, some yogurt or some uh, a salad or something, mm -hmm. but for the most part, yeah, just try not to eat like like garbage. So, how did you get into the gym thing? Because I've seen pictures of you on on Facebook memories and throwbacks from you know eighteen, nineteen years old, trying to uh, try doing modeling and stuff. Um, what was that like as a, as a teenager coming up? How did you get into that? Uh, when I was growing up, yeah, I, I, when I graduated high school, dude, I was one hundred and thirty five pounds. Yeah, yeah. So I was because I ran cross country all, all when I was in junior high and high school. Mm. Uh, I did that, played basketball, uh, you know, a season of baseball, and so I was always active uh, sports wise. I just never was a big dude, and it wasn't until my senior year in high school, um, the high school I was going to, they brought in uh, powerlifting, and my buddies were. Um, I think one of my buddies, he was like six four, two thirty in high school. And, uh, you know, my other buddy was pretty stout as well. Uh, and they were, because they were both football. And so, like, hey, dude, you should come into powerlifting. And, you know, we can basically skip school and go to these meets and stuff like that. So, like, yeah, I'm down with that. So I started working out with them just to, just to skip school, more or less, uh, and get out of school. And then it, it kind of stuck with me. And so when I got into college and stuff like that, I would uh, go still hang out with my buddy and, and work out. And uh, JW, we would go to his he basically had like a home gym in his garage uh -huh. and so we'd, I'd start working out with him there and so it, it just kind of stayed with me and then once I got a little bit um, probably in college or something like that I started getting into the modeling thing um, I got signed to an agency in, in Austin for about a year or two uh, and so I did some runway and fashion shows and stuff like that there um, and then saw Arnold and, and Conan uh -huh. and so that was like oh I, I gotta get bigger dude like yeah we I think that was that was most guys our age. I'm just a, a few years older than you. That was most guys our age introduction to to bodybuilding and to like the ultimate physique was was Conan the Barbarian and then uh, the Terminator movies. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Was definitely. was Arnold like a huge influence for you? Uh, yeah. For to to be bodybuilding wise, yeah. But you know, because I I was that was my goal is to get um to get more or less just a, a bigger frame. Mm -hmm. um, just. I mean, I guess when you're super skinny and you see, you know, see Arnold, you're like, oh yeah, that's what I want to be at. You know, I grow up. <laughs> so have you got to meet him yet, then? Or? Uh, uh, yeah, yes and no. So <laughs> I, I kind of froze out. So because, <laughs> because you know, um, I, I by no means consider myself like super famous, but I, there's sometimes where you're like you're so overwhelmed sometimes uh, when you're at shows and stuff like that. You just kind of you just want to just chill, dude. Mm -hmm. Like just you know, just I have no problem with with talking to people and hanging people, but. You do that when you do it all day, night, all night, all the time. You know, you just want to like just just veg out. And so, um, I was in because um, he goes to, to Venice a lot right, to work right. out. So I was like, man, I just and I have a Gold's membership, and I can go over there when I go go to uh, L.A. That's the first thing I do is I go and, and work out at Venice and Gold's. And so I was like, man, one of these days I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet him before you know before he dies. Just bump gonna, into yeah, him. Yeah. Just gonna, I'm just gonna try going different hours just mm -hmm. to make make you know find out. When he goes, uh, and then one time I went there, uh, I came three or four, five, maybe four or five months ago or so, um, this past year, and I went to Gold's and I was up there to, to film a part for a movie there, and so then I was like, well, I'll go work out around mid uh, midday because I, you know, I was 
not being creepers, but trying to figure out when he, when he you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, people mostly posting around noon or something like that. And then I have a buddy that works out there and I was like, Hey, when's, you know, yeah, when, yeah, when yeah. does Arnold usually come through? And so he's like, yeah, I mean, try to come through there around lunch or something like that. Cause that's usually kind of when, when, when he sees them. So then I was like, all right, cool. So I went there one day around that time. And then, uh, this is right whenever, you know, masks were still a thing, right. well, especially in California. Dude, good Lord. <laughs> uh, and so we go over there and, and or I go over there and I'm working out and then I look to my left and I see kind of this dude just wearing a mask um, and it, it you picture him in your head like Conan and yeah, you know, you, yeah. he's older so of course you, you just don't just, just don't think about it because you know the movies make him just seem like this huge indestructible blue dude but he's just a normal dude but so he's kind of got his his Arnold walk coming in Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have like a massive entourage and stuff like it because I was at the Arnold uh, working a fitness booth for Harbinger Fitness, and I saw him come in and he had like a fifty people around him guarding. Right, right. Uh, so when he comes into Golds, he just walks in by himself. Uh, I think he has like one guy that's with him, maybe an assistant or, or a handler or something. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they he walks in, so I'm like, that's Arnold. And so I was like, that's it. I, I finally, I'm, I did, <laughs> this is the day, dude. This is the day. And so then I'm like. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, I'm working out. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna finish up. And, and he made his way to the back because if and if you ever been to to Gold Venice, they have like the kind of the front section where all the uh, like the dumbbells and, and racks and stuff are. Then uh-huh. right in the middle, they have some more machines and stuff. Then towards the back is where they have another row of uh, dumbbells, and then that's where all the um, like cardio machines are. And then to the right, they have like the grass, and then they have that famous green wall that right, you right. see pictures of. In the very back corner, there's like a studio that they like whole classes and stuff like that. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to finish working out. Then I'm going to make my way to the back casually and just, you know, <laughs> just, just, just looking at the gym, just looking at the gym, nothing to see here and see if I can see them mm-hmm. casually getting close to them. Hey man, what's going on? You know, can I take a picture with you? Um, you know, tell them pretty much what every dude probably says. Hey man, you know, you're a big influence in my, in love my, you in Conan. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, for real. And so Terminator or, you know, uh, <laughs> Jingle so, all the way. Yeah. And so, you know, it's the Turbo Man doll. So, <laughs> he's like, I'm not a pivot. So <laughs> like, I just want to screen that across golds. And... But dude, he was such a fundamental <laughs> part of all of our childhoods. Man. Yeah, dude. I mean, he, I mean, yeah, he's he's one of my, my favorite actors okay. outside of bodybuilding and stuff. So, yeah. so I go back there and I don't see him. I was like, oh, dang it. It's like, did he like slip out of the back door or something? And, and so I didn't see him. So I, was, I just kept my working out. And then I saw him uh, walk out of that that room. I was like, "Oh, so he must have been back there doing some some uh, class or something like that." So then he goes through the front, and right around that time, I'm I'm actually finishing up for real, and I'm just like quitting to go w- talk to him. So I'm walking towards the the, the uh, exit, and I see him get his bike because he he rides a bike in there, and so I see him get his bike and start walking out, and then immediately people start you know, hitting him up for pictures and stuff. And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna be that guy, dude." Yeah. So at yeah. that point, I was like. I'll walk right by him, and then I just kind of like gave him a nod, like, hey, what's going on? And then so he just, you know, kind of just gave me a nod and made his way out. And so I, we're sitting, we're pretty much standing right beside each other at, at outside on the on the sidewalk. And it's like, oh, maybe I should do it right now before he leaves. And so I was like, nah, dude, I just, oh, I just man. froze up because I was like, what? He's, you know, you know, maybe he's going to have one of those days. He's just, I just want to, I just want to like come in, work out, do my thing, and jet. So then. You know, I just I just didn't want to be another one of those guys that just like, hey man, can I have a picture? But then I was like, well, now I'm never gonna have a picture, and so, so well, I will see. Well, we'll need to fix that. Yeah, so. we, we we gotta fix that because you know, of all people like deserving of an Arnold Schwarzenegger picture, you're you're probably the the first guy I can think of that that really is deserving of one because you've been in like several like, big fitness magazines, haven't you? Uh, yeah. So I've been published uh in Flex magazine a few years ago twice in the same year. 
um, and then uh, was it Inside Fitness, and then I was published in Oxygen Magazine, which is a women's magazine, women's fitness, women's fitness magazine, um, over in Australia. Right. And so I uh, that's what got me my first international publication, um, and I was in their Babe Watch section. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know. And so yes, yeah, so I've I've done that. Uh, Train Magazine here. How well. much? Like because you're just an ordinary fella but you've got an extraordinary commitment to your craft and a work ethic that I, is very rare that I've seen. Just how much work does it take to get in that kind of shape to do those kind of photo shoots? It, it's a lot harder than it looks. Like I, When I first started doing this, I thought these guys walked around shredded to the bone 24 right, they, they I thought they were always... Tell us a, yeah, tell us a little bit about the process and, and how you get in that kind of shape. Yeah. So I... I uh, started working out basically to start competing in, in these uh, men's physique shows mm -hmm. and so I figured oh well if I'm going to be dieting down man I suppose take pictures and, yeah. and, yeah, and sure. submit to these magazines and so for for a typical show um, it'll take me three months to drop and I drop usually about 30 pounds because like, you're in like really fucking good shape right now right but you're not doing any fitness shows, yeah, right? yeah I, I, I couldn't walk you know out there and do a fitness shoot right now I mean, you beat me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the for the average person, yeah, I, I I look better than than just a normal person walking around. But when you compare yourself into like the fitness world, like, yeah, like I'm you know I'm nowhere near getting ready to step on stage or anything like that. But but it it's so it, yeah it's, it's a uh, it's definitely a, a a dance you have to do. But yeah, three months is what it takes me to get to get dialed down. Then single digits, um, body fat because. Mm -hmm. You know, off season is what they call it right now. Like I would be considered off season. Like I, I'm running around about two thirty, uh, and body fat. I think uh, when I did it, it's like maybe like thirteen to twelve. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever I'm about to step on stage, I'm about one ninety eight, two hundred, and single digit, like that, three four percent. That's a serious swing, man. Yeah, and so it and it takes it basically. You have to live and breathe that for the next three months. Like, like I'd, I'd have to get up early before work. And go do 30, 40 minutes cardio, uh, fasted. So that basically means just no, nothing. You just don't eat anything. Get up, get your aminos, and get get your pre workout, and and go run for 30, 40 minutes. Get up, get your meals. Um, I was eating six meals a day, but they're mm -hmm. small meals, and they're all super, super, uh, super lean. And then after I get done with that, I go back to the gym, work out, and then I do another 30, 40 minutes of cardio. Wow, what that. That is a level of discipline that very few people that I know like possess. What is it that keeps you motivated? What is it that keeps you disciplined? Do you got any hacks for the listeners to help them stay on course? Because a lot of my guys that that that, uh, that I talk to, they struggle with the, the staying on the wagon. They struggle with that discipline. They'll go a couple of weeks and then they'll have uh, a, a slip up per se. You know what? What yeah. is it that, that that's different in your brain? Uh, the, the difference for me and the, cause, cause I was, um, right before all this, I also got certified as a trainer just, so, just so I can understand body mechanics and, mm -hmm. and all that as well. There for a short while, I was thinking about, uh, personal training, but then, you know, people are just, are dumb. They just, they want, yeah, I've, I've they seen want to that personal training, training yeah. 
but like the the work to be certified in, mm-hmm. like the textbooks and the language, I take yeah. my hat off to you, man. That is yeah, because you have to learn like the the entire like all the muscles, the like, bones, the, the yeah, the way it flexes, the what they're called, pronation, yep. your all, your all stuff. kinds of shit that I yeah. cannot spell. Yeah. Like, but I, I had a friend going through the personal training stuff and. Uh, and she showed me the textbooks, and I was, I was shocked because you know you think a personal trainer is just the dude. He all he's got to do is count backwards from ten. Yeah. Like, all right, put a bit more weight on. Okay, yeah. ready? I mean, yeah. how hard can it be? But no, it, it shocked me just how much. They yeah, had to you have know you have to know a lot, a lot of stuff like that. Um, and so I, I did it just so I can work for myself mostly, uh, just to kind of train myself and know what I'm actually doing. Uh, or and then also like that, um, I also did some. For some of my fitness sponsors, I did uh, like articles and stuff for them. So yeah. I, I actually wanted to kind of have some notoriety to it, not just some gym bro yeah. talking about, "Hey man, work out, eat protein." And so, <laughs> and so, I uh, the biggest thing I ran across was is is everyone has their their ideal version of what like their body or what they want their physique wants to look like. For me, the end goal uh, that kept me going was a I had a, a show date in sight. Right. And so I know, okay, I have to be ready. And for you to step on stage, you sh- you should almost be ready like three weeks out. For so the you, show. you put a physical target so yeah. right yeah. up. Yeah, so I put a date on it, yeah. and then and that's what I'm, I'm I'm laser focused on. I can't slip up. If I do have a slip up, you know, within the third month or what, you know, when I'm first starting out, I'm, I'm I'm like, okay, I can slip up a little bit. Uh, tell me what you consider yeah. a slip up, because like, is is putting cheese on some rice a slip up? So you have to have the rice plain. I mean, how, uh, what level? Well, of slip yeah, because like rice wise, I, I I eat like white rice or jasmine rice or brown rice. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for, slip up for me would be like, okay, I'm gonna eat some cookies or like some chips or something. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's not like okay, I'm just gonna straight up bender all weekend. Uh, <laughs> And then, uh, usually, usually for that as well, you, you always want to get like a a guy that's kind of a trainer, mm-hmm. but that. And then some people also go and get like a nutritionist and stuff like that. If I mean, if you got the money for it, hey, you can be all means. But usually, a trainer can kind of give you, uh, if he's a good trainer, he can kind of gauge and tell you, okay, eat this. Here's what supplements you need to take, and kind of kind of look at your body and, and tell you what, how you need to tweak it so but for the average person they're not gonna have, they're not gonna want to go that commitment level and then they shouldn't you know unless you're really trying to lose weight and you know for for health benefits and and just to get better um i feel like for the most part people they'll hit me up and they're like oh hey man i've been good for a month or two i lost 20 pounds okay i'm gonna quit working out and doing all this stuff i'm gonna go back to normal <laughs> put the 20 pounds back on yeah Oh man, I gained twenty pounds. Okay, cool. I'm gonna go right back on this. I was like, so they basically just yo-yo it, and I tell them, I was like, dude, you're never, you're never gonna get like to where you want to be at because you're seeing this, you're you're kind of seeing it more as a race. Like, okay, I have to get to the finish line real quick, mm-hmm. lose twenty pounds. Mm-hmm. I did it. Cool. Go me. Yeah. I don't have to do anything else now. Dude, but I struggle with that. Um, you know, you've known me long enough to have known when I was morbidly obese and you know I've, I've struggled a, a lot of times with my weight because um just recently i got down to my high school weight um we're doing 75 hard and i finished that a couple of weeks ago and that was hard dude i've been having a little break and i've noticed like five or six pounds creep back on I'm like, yeah fuck am i gonna am i gonna go do this again and, yeah so they, and they also with like all these uh like some of those those things like you do there like the workouts and stuff like that they're good but for some people I feel like it's it, it's a bad thing for them because they see it as oh well if I want to I know I can lose the weight so if I, mm-hmm. I really want to I can just go back to that and do that same routine that I did or same diet I did and I know I can get down to it but they you know they seem to forget as they age it gets harder 
Yes, so, it does. So if you if you <laughs> yes, start from a from a higher starting point than when yeah. you when you are at a lower starting point, it's going to be double the work to get you there. So it's going to be you're going to be less you know encouraged. You're going to be really discouraged because like man, I, I lost the weight before mm-hmm. so easy. Now it's like yeah, hardly coming off. And so I tell people, I was like, dude, I was like, number one, go get blood work done. Yes. I was like, that's first thing you should do, even for even for women, like, because they'll have, have chicks hit me up and, and tell me the same thing. Like, go get blood work done, get your levels done, get your testosterone level. If you're, it, you know, you're a chick, get your te- your uh, estrogen levels checked. Dude, it shocked the shit out of me getting my blood work. Yeah. Done. I was deficient all over the place. I, I had no idea. The only thing I was wrong, I would I would sleep a lot and I would be really lethargic and all of. I mean, you, know, you go to the doctor if there's something wrong with you, don't you? There's mm-hmm. no such thing as like preemptive doctoring, but apparently there is. Yeah, yeah, and they can go right there. Hey, your your test levels are low. We mm-hmm. need to get you in these good range. And then I've had buddies uh, tell me the same things. Like, dude, go check. You get your test levels. I mean, because what dude wants to wants to be able to like, oh, I have low tests. You know, it's it's kind of like a, a shot to your manhood that you have to go get checked on. You know, and get these you know, yeah, tests well, and stuff. you'd be shocked. You know, um, I don't know what kind of percentage of it is, but how I found out that I had low test was by sitting in a room full of entrepreneurs. I was in a, a, a mastermind session and I fell asleep. <laughs> and the lady hosting the session, like, you know, made a little bit of fun of me and I perked right back up and I fucking fell asleep again. <laughs> like, you know, and by this time, they're like, hey, what's up? You know what? I'll be honest with you, I don't know what the fuck is wrong. I've been falling asleep in the middle of the afternoon and, and I just, I can't drink enough coffee and energy drinks. And what did it for me was a couple of guys in the room who were a little bit older than me both said, go get your blood work done, go get your shit checked, right? And it turned out that the years of alcohol abuse that I put my body through had limited the amount of fucking testosterone I was capable of making. And now for personal reasons, I, I'm off it. Um, <laughs> if you really want to go there it made me want to uh, fuck everything <laughs> fight everyone and eat all the food I could possibly find and um, I, I yeah it's a balancing act I've, I've cleaned my diet up and I'm exercising more and you know naturally it's it's, it's come back a lot mm-hmm. um, I stopped injecting because it made me it made me quite um Honestly, it made me feel like a seventeen-year-old. I just wanted to run around and yeah. and, had, and it, it was amazing. It made me feel like Superman. But I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll. I'm fucking I'm forty-two. Man. I don't need to mess with this. So yeah, but it, it it it's a balancing act for sure. I mean, I had one guy that had low tests, and he said he uh, it gave him heart issues, and mm-hmm. so he had to quit taking it because of that. But it, it is a blow to your manhood. You, you don't really want to be like, well, shit, I can't do this anymore. I can't do that anymore. But then as you look. And you realize so many guys go through it and they don't mm-hmm. talk about it. Yeah. And they, they suffer in silence. And it's like, shit. If it wasn't for two guys standing up saying, hey, this same thing happened to me, mm-hmm. I'd never have figured it out. So, yeah. You know. It's usually the older guys that are just they don't even care. Like, dude, go get it done. <laughs> the, guy, the guys that, that walk around naked in yeah, the gym. In the gym. Room, like, yeah, and put their, put their foot up on the bench and, hey, what's up, buddy? Yes. Yeah, it's that's, like, bruh. I quit going to the way. gym. Yeah. For that I quit going. I do that. I, I go to the restroom quick when i go to the bathroom and i'm, and I'm like laser focused like to the bathroom <laughs> look down or, I, even, I don't even know if i want to look down man <laughs> just, look, just look at the, yeah, just look at the ceiling and just walk walk out you know every now and then just use your peripherals to make sure you're not gonna hit the wall or something but <laughs> yeah dude there's always a naked old man in the gym <laughs> i don't know where to go after that all right so <laughs> 
talk to me a little bit about your acting career, man, because that's something that I've seen um, for years. You've been chipping away at that. And I did joke about the overnight success, um, but it's taken you a really long time to get where you're at. What, what was it like breaking into acting and uh, how much persistence did you have to have to get to where you've uh, got to? Acting, I mean, acting's, I mean, everybody thinks it's super easy. And I mean, there's always a, uh, there's always an exception where somebody just, just, just overnight, literally overnight success. I mean, you can have that in anything, music and, and, you know, any type of, uh, adventure you go into. But for, for me, dude, it's, it's, uh, it's been, yeah, it's been a while. Cause I've, I've, how long have I been, I, I want to say like, the COVID years just jack all my my oh, yeah. train of years up. Yeah. Like, oh wait a minute, there's two years in there. They're just kind of lost. Just forgot about those. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so yeah, it's probably like four or five years now. Um, and I'm not where I want to be as far as as acting goes, but I'm I'm slowly getting there because um, I have friends that have agents and mm-hmm. are part of an agency, and and that in itself, I've have had to learn and and kind of remind myself just because you have an agent doesn't mean that you're farther along I mean yes you are farther along than I am or someone that doesn't have an agent but that doesn't guarantee that you're more successful mm. if that makes sense no that's a great point because you, you can have an agent but that doesn't mean that you've made it <laughs> like they can, they can get you in the room that I can't get into but at the same point I can get myself a lot farther because there's there's uh, acting and casting right now that I'm in the same rooms as some of these guys that have agents, and I'm totally by myself, just doing this off the internet. And, and you know, there's a there's a lot more acting opportunities starting to arise in Texas as well over correct. the last few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm actually pretty excited that a lot of that's coming to Texas because there for a while I was trying to move to California, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I mean the housing market. I'm actually glad I didn't go because before COVID hit, I mean it was it was right before COVID hit that I was looking at moving out that way. Mm-hmm. I mean I went to the job interview and everything out there to to get into like forensic uh, PC uh, yeah. type things over there. Um, and so I was re- actively looking to get over there. Um, but now that, you know, Texas is kind of coming back, because it was there for a while, it was pretty, pretty, uh, like a hotbed. And then it kind of, I don't know what the whole, you know, taxes and all that stuff right, on how right. on the breaks they gave them and they kind of took it away and all that stuff. And But now it's coming back and some big stuff coming up. And so, uh, so yeah. Yeah, it, I think once that comes, it'll, it'll give me m- more opportunities to do it. Um, but right now, basically, I'm I'm do what they call you know um, working local to LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I've you know flown to LA for a couple for a couple jobs uh, for acting gigs in there, and I basically have to fly myself out there, I have to get my own hotel, my own transportation, and so I just basically make sure. And you know, Maybe you most, a, yeah. a, if you had an agent, like he'd be able to negotiate all that shit for you. Well, yeah, and he probably gave me a little bit more money, but he also probably he takes more money. Yeah. And so at the point where I'm at now, I basically, I can afford to break even because I'm not paying an extra person. I'm paying myself. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if I can get enough money to, to get myself in the room with these people, because some of these gigs you're in with, like, bigger name actors. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and, all, and, and in acting and stuff and anything pretty much, you know, you just need that one that one break. That's all it takes. I was yeah. like, you know, you always see these people that have been acting forever and they just pop out out of, out of nowhere and, like, you know, and, but then you don't see the... 10 plus years that people have been putting in that's what to, it is to get to that point yeah. and then you're like, oh well, this guy just of course he did I mean, that, that movie that role was perfect for him and they just thought of that guy I was like well you don't you know and then you go and do some research on him and that guy's been doing crazy amount of short movies and yeah. films and all this stuff that doesn't 
yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize till I started looking at the industry a little closer. There's actually like like a career path with you know like commercials and shorts and all yeah. that kind of stuff to to gain the experience. So, what's been your favorite like TV or movie project that you've worked on? Um, I I did see a picture of you like like all dressed up with a metal arm and a bunch of makeup on like a half metal baddie. That looked. Pretty oh, good. the uh, I, I, <laughs> that I wish that was because that was that was a, a cosplay for Cable. Ah, uh, right on. Yeah, so the. Um, the guy that did the the makeup for that is uh, Rudy Campos from Houston, mm-hmm. and he was, and I, I think he won. He was on Skin Wars, the TV show. Okay, uh, it's where they basically go and and do body paint on all these models, and and they get judged on it. Um, and I, I think it's been a while since I've, I've uh, went through that, but I think he won the that that season of that episode. Um, but I uh, met him, and so then we, we kind of linked up and said hey it'd be so cool to be doing if we could do like a cable crossover and so he i um went down to houston um and met up with him and then he i basically sat in i want to say i sat in that chair for like an hour or two while he did while he did all that body paint and stuff dude it looks awesome yeah so i i I actually have a video on my youtube channel of of the behind the scenes and i sped it up because it's so long uh to where he basically is just spray painting and stuff and then i did a photo shoot with uh with a photographer down there to, to kind of capture it mm-hmm. um, and do that. And then I'm, I'm tagging Rob Liefeld like crazy. It's like, hey, bro. Hey, bro. Hey. <laughs> Tag, tagging him, tagging Marvel. Uh, and so I was like, hey, man. You know. So if, if you could play like one if one character, if you could play one role, is it like a superhero you'd play? Who do you want to be? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, because I, I really like the Hulk and I really like Thanos. Um, right. And but I mean Josh Brolin did like a killer job on on Thanos and mm-hmm. Cable, and then uh, I really like Mark Ruffalo's Hulk. Yeah, because uh, he's he he's, he kind of fits really good into the the kind of neurotic you know professor or, or doctor, and then you know goes goes in the rage mode. Um, you you don't the the problem is you'd have to be the Green Hulk. Because you're too big to be. Yeah, like, the I couldn't. Guy. I couldn't be the little. Yeah, it, it would be like the old school uh, Hulk. Dude, I love that TV with show. Luke, Luke Ferrigno, <laughs> yeah, man. I love that. Yeah. I used to watch that with my well, grandma. Yeah, where he like, falls over and then yeah. Luke, Luke comes up. Like, yeah, know, there was no transitioning and stuff. So I'd, I'd have to be that. Um, but it, it's, you know, I had a, a conversation uh, with because I met um, in one of my acting group. I actually met um, an actress. Um, she was on Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Um, she was Max's mom, Jen. Okay. And so I met her. She was in town. And so she's like, hey, I'm looking to try to get... Uh, she's trying to do a, a like a, a casting because mm-hmm. her casting agent... She booked out, which basically means, hey, I'm, I'm not doing any bookings. But she's like, hey, this is too big of a thing to pass up right. uh, for a TV show. Um, and she was looking to see if anybody happened to be in College Station could hook her up. So then I uh, hit up my buddy Tommy and said, hey, dude, I got, you know... Told her who she was that she's trying to get a hookup. Um, if you can hook her up, you know, help her, cool. Um, you know, if we have if you have to pay you or whatever, then you know we can do that. But you know, Tommy's always cool. He's always always out to help out, and so we uh, did that. And afterwards, we were sitting here just chit chatting, and you know, and we both came up to kind of the com- same conclusion. Where for me, it's it's hard for me to get a role where I'm kind of like a side character because I don't just blend into the crowd or blend into the room <laughs> like I, I, I'm a, a a big stature of a guy so do you get go, like typecast into roles like bouncer number one and shit like that uh yeah I mean I, 
I'm I'm probably like one of the nerdiest dudes you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. But you just if you look at me, I'm never gonna you're never gonna see it. Well, that, and and you know you've got you've got what a lot of big dudes get because you're like you're super friendly when you like like when you uh, when you when you boot up. But yeah. when, when you're just when, when you're just in in normal mode, like you got a little bit of that. Oh, I'm scared of this guy. You got a little bit yeah. of like resting bitch face. Yeah. Like, Do I approach this dude? Like, yeah, like, and, I, I, and I get that a lot. It's just it's just. And I remember one time this one guy messaged me on a casting. He's like, don't take this the wrong way, but you have a really douchey look that I'm looking for this one character. Would you mind reading for it? And so... Ouch, man. Ouch. So I was like, thanks, question mark? And so... <laughs> I'm like, but I, it, yeah, yeah it, I, I get it, though. Cause, yeah, because I'm, I'm I guess in that, I'm that way. I'm actually, uh, I was talking to, to someone about that, and, and she has kind of the same R, you know, RBF there. Mm-hmm. And we kind of joke because we... We both have that kind of, you know, don't mess with me type look, and and I don't and I don't mean to do it. It's just it's just my natural. Go-to. Right. It's like, like when I say when you're like a computer on down, like like you're on standby. You're just not really yeah. thinking about anything yeah. or just going about your normal business. But when when you when somebody engages you, the, the it's gone immediately. They can yeah. see you're friendly, but like, um, I mean, I've known you so long. Like I know there's no danger there, but I'd, I'd be uh, I'd be intimidated to, to approach you in a bar if there was something like yeah like that's a big dude man <laughs> yeah and so it, and and I I try to be mindful of that but sometimes I don't think about it <laughs> and so then it's like you know I just come up and look at somebody and they're like or you know or if, or if I'm in the gym working out and I'm like someone's in front of me and I just look at them to see what they're doing or what they're going to work out and it's like oh were, were you using this I was like no nah, dude I, 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 I'm right here man it's, that's all you really. And so, you know, um, you know, or, or, or if I'm walking, I just don't notice it. And then people are kind of like, just jump out of the way real quick. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to hit you. <laughs> Sorry, man. We can, we can share this space. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be what, that's why you get typecast. Yeah. Right? And so, so yeah, I so I, I have to kind of, um, you know, kind of coming back to the nerdy thing. Like, like I could, I could be like the nerdiest dude type ever like mm-hmm. but because i know that and playing for my actual job you know i have almost 30 service in it yeah so i have like all the you, nerd you knowledge enough, yeah like, i have the nerd knowledge yeah. like crazy but you'll never unless they do some type of comedy or some type of off the wall casting for a nerd person you're never going to see me being the brainiac back there and you know oceans of 13 or 14 <laughs> or 20 or whatever they get to where i'm like working on the computer or something like that unless it's going to be like a, a comical role or you know, I get famous enough that they just throw you into that role, even though you don't really fit the role. Right. Um, so I'll always have to go with kind of the bigger, the the bodyguard, the biker, or like yeah. someone that's like a rough dude or can look rough, or like uh, the the guys I, I kind of um, whenever people are like, oh well, who would you kind of mimic uh, as far as actors or who you look up to? It's like you know, of course it's going to be The Rock because he's kind of that same yeah. typecast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave Bautista. Um, I really like Jason Momoa. Um, mm-hmm. And so those are kind of the the three or Henry Cavill, you know, they they kind of have that brooding yeah to themselves, you know, the Superman or the you know, or you're gonna have like uh, Draco or whatever. You, you make a good rock. And so, yeah, so yeah, so it, it's it's definitely I'm always gonna be typecasted just because I'm a, I'm a big big guy. So I gotta ask, man, all this stuff going on. You got you got the touring musician. It, it looks like the the fitness model is still there. The actor star is rising, dude. Like, what does the future hold for you, man? What What do you got in the works? What's coming? Uh, I mean, we got we got a lot of stuff. I mean, every year we we with my band stuff, we we just released a record, so we're we're kind of really pumping uh pumping that right now, promoting it. Yeah, tell me about that. Um, and uh, yeah, we we 
that, that thing's been in the works for years now because you know we're all this like music isn't our full-time job mm -hmm. and so we have life outside of that and everybody has their own stuff going on so we've been finally released it we're starting to put that out um hopefully next year we'll probably go on tour and and start traveling across the u.s with it and doing some stuff so the band's name is hindsight tell me the name of the album uh hindsight and the album is called catalyst catalyst i yeah. can spell yeah. that and we uh have it on all the streaming you know spotify apple one on it awesome and so you have that and then if you want a physical cd which i'm i mean I mean, call me old school or something like that, but I, I popped uh, our CD in my truck, which still has the actual CD player that I found out. Um, and so I popped it in there just to see the, the quality difference, and it's like day and night, man. Even, even yeah. though I have my Spotify account like set up to like stream high, mm -hmm. like it's day and night. Like I, have to, I had to turn down my, my radio quite a bit compared to what it was just from streaming like every day because the sound quality is so much more rich and just, just so much more bass and thump. I, um, as you can see, a uh, vehement collector of old <laughs> records and shit. Like we're, we're sitting in uh, we're sitting in my studio in College Station. It can barely be called a studio, but there's a bunch of uh, a bunch of old vinyl kicking around here, and I still have the original Hindsight CD you gave me all of those freaking years ago. And you know, I love it because it's so difficult to like actively support bands nowadays. Yeah. Um, I love when you go and see a merch booth and they still got CDs, even though I don't have a CD player. Yeah. Like I still love it, and and to be able to physically support a band, I think is super important. So, um, you all ever cut vinyl? We're actually thinking about doing the vinyl thing. Yeah, you know, we had we had quite a few people tell us, "Hey, man, if you had a vinyl, I'd, I'd get it." But the, well, the issue yeah. with vinyl is like it's just so expensive to. It is, but man, it's so worth it. But one of the last bands I was in about two thousand six, two thousand seven, we pressed a vinyl EP and we did it in red, and it just it was great. I mean, everybody wanted it. So the the um, like it's it's still it's still a little quirky to our vinyl, but it's like a lot of people like yeah. gravitate to it. Even if they like, like me, I never play my fucking records. I mm -hmm. just, I collect them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, there's a, there's yeah. a different, it's a collector's I, item. Yeah. And I, I, man, I feel bad cause I, I'll own the record and I'll listen to it on Spotify cause it's just more convenient. You know? mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, so you got the new album out catalyst and then what the tour next year then? Uh, yeah, we'll probably try to do a tour next year. Um, Usually we go in around May or, or August time mm -hmm. if we do do tours. Um, we kind of do our tour scheduling around uh, Brad. He, uh, like I say, he's a research scientist, so he goes and talks to the, at these conventions. Mm -hmm. And so what we do is basically, depending on what where the convention is, that's it. You lock it we route we that route our tour to that. That's why we've gone to you know like Chicago to Boston to right, New York right. to Orlando to you know California and stuff like that. And so really want to do one up to Seattle like that would be so nice legit to get, to get up that you got the, the the early 90s connection with the music there uh no but if, if it, we had like a uh a tour like you know if he's doing a convention or something up there it would, it would be nice just to do that you know highway one up oh yeah and just, just yeah no doubt the uh it'd I, be a different spot for us to to hit as well yeah I've never been up there I, I I got to do highway one through uh through California but I never made it that far north so man, it's uh, I got a couple more questions to ask you, man. It's been an absolute freaking blast. Getting yeah, dude, always always like hanging. We don't get to hang anymore. We don't like no. I mean, yeah. you get you get older and you just 
Dude, I, I, I finally towed my Cobra to the shop yesterday. Like, that, that's a big deal. <laughs> I was going to ask if you still had that thing, man. Yeah, 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 still do. Like, um, she just, she was running when she was parked. Just had a, a little bit of a fuel leak and I had to put new tires on it. But, like, I don't think the car thing will ever go away for me. It just, like, man, it's so hard now. I used to love doing it when I was a kid, but it's so hard to just lay under cars and spin wrenches in 100 degree heat when you're like, I yeah. really don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it, like, being the yeah, fastest. You, yeah, you're not taking it to the to Sealy or anything anymore. No, it doesn't yeah, take it to I, was, I was actually talking to somebody the other day. Uh, I was telling her about, because I, I mentioned that we were... Uh, I was in a car club, or whatever, and she was asking me questions about it, and and uh, I was like, yeah, I was like, I, the best time I remember was when we had like 50, 60 cars just mm-hmm. driving all the way. I think it was Sealy we were going yeah. to, and just had like all different type of cars there, and just you just see just like a, a parade of muscle cars. It was fun, man. And so it was, it was, it was legit. Like you know, I I, I enjoyed uh, those times. Like oh, and then she's like, oh, did you race your car? I was like, no, dude. I was like, I. Like mine was a daily driver. I couldn't afford to break mine, and it's like and there was plenty of cars that would get broken. My, my, yeah, consistently. Everyone's like, "Oh, how do you have so such low miles on your car?" I'm like, well, let me tell you a story about that. <laughs> if you break it all the time, it never runs. <laughs> yeah, every time I would go to the track, something else would break, and you know, it's like another thousand dollars here, and then it's fifteen hundred dollars there, and then it's twenty five hundred dollars there, and then you're just like, you know what? Fuck this. Yeah, <laughs> it just gets too expensive. But I, you know, I. I, I grew up around cars, man. I'll, I'll always have something, and uh, yeah, it was just time to time to get on with that. So, man, the the podcast Jesse is is based on guys in our place turning around, and giving back to guys that are maybe five, maybe ten years behind us on this journey, right? So I ask all my guests this question, and this is kind of my penultimate question for you as well. You know, looking back now, if you were talking to yourself from maybe five or maybe ten years ago, and you're out on this path, and you know you're a touring musician and a fitness model and an actor and a movie star. What's that piece of golden advice that you'd want to give to yourself from ten years ago? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I, I would probably tell myself, and, and this is, I mean, this is, it can go across the board because uh, people don't realize how much, and it. it taking me this long to figure it out but i would say find someone that supports your dream and that it's going to be a part of the dream not be you know against that because being with someone that doesn't understand your struggle doesn't understand your you know to them it's an obsession but to you it's like you know you're just in your head trying to figure out ways to make this work trying to better yourself or like you know even if you're trying to get famous or whatever for the sake of you know your family or whatever but if you have someone that just always is against you, man, it, it's gonna make your life and make your your struggle and make it make your you know your ambition just it just it's nothing it's a it straight kills it like yeah. it just kills your your driving motivation and just it turns you know all that positive energy and and that you have into something negative and then it just then you're like well you know what's the point of even doing this because she doesn't appreciate or he doesn't appreciate this and and uh, you know. I'm doing this for me and then it turns into okay now I'm just being selfish and just you know it gets it gets so toxic that you just don't want to even you know your, your dream basically gets excited you know put on put on the back burner and then you know 10 years down the road you're like you know what I wish I you know let's say y'all break up or you get divorced or whatever and you're like you know I should have totally not listened to that person I should have just kept going forward you know 10 years down the road I'd be way like you know who, 
who knows where I would be right now if I listened to myself or if I had someone that was that was a positive reinforcement in my life. Because, right. I mean, that, that right there is, is probably one of the most key things right now. I mean, I'm not saying go out and, you know, break up with your uh, dude or chick or, or get a divorce or anything, but I mean, that that right there should be question number one when you get with someone. That if you're in that dream or in that hustle, it's like, hey, are you going to be supportive of my dream or are you, you, you going to be a hindrance to it? Dude, it's such a rare thing because <clears throat> fewer than 3% of us get to do the shit that you and I do. Um, you know, I know I'm in a slightly different vein, but we're, we're essentially both responsible for, for killing the stuff that we eat, dragging it home, cutting it up, and yeah. feeding people. Like, and when you don't have a supportive partner, it makes it all that much harder. And the, the, the problem is 97% of everybody doesn't understand this lifestyle. They don't. There's, yeah. there's a lot to be said for the security of a paycheck, uh, a couple of dogs at the house, a couple of car payments, mortgage, a couple of kids running around. There's a lot to be fucking said for that. But I think that guys like you and I, um, when we're looked at from a conventional standpoint, there's something a little bit broken in us. And we say, this isn't good enough. This, this, I, I, I refuse to be fucking average. Yeah, and I, I don't want to be normal. 97% of the, the population, be the male or female, are very much content with being average. And when you remember average is as close to the bottom as it is to the top, that just fucking triggers me and says, I'm not gonna sit in that spot. Yeah. But finding that partner, and I know because I speak from experience, I, I don't really talk about my relationship status or anything on the on the, on the show. I think there's some things that, that should belong to me. It <laughs> shouldn't be completely public yeah. knowledge. Yeah, you but, should have some, some to yourself. But, but finding that partner and finding somebody that, that understands that this is a it's a 24 7 fucking commitment to this lifestyle so you can control everything yourself and you can live the life you want you can live the things mm -hmm. you dream about i mean the, the the sacrifices i've made to get where i want to have the amount of freedom that i've got to do the things that i choose to do it's been a really scary journey but having a partner there to push that over the last you know, five years would have been so much different than having to figure it out on my own and still like try to develop relationships with people that don't really understand like this way of life. And now I'm dating somebody that really understands this way of life. Yeah, you get discouraged and that, that person's there to, to motivate you. I like, you know, but where I, it's not you, it's not you by yourself having to. But dude, I yourself. didn't realize what it was like trying to do it without a partner. Yeah. I just was without one, so I just did it. Yeah. Um, but now having one around that actually understands, I I never thought I'd find a woman that understood entrepreneurship the same way that 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 I do yeah. that I that I live in it. Yeah, you're seeing like that. That was my thing too. Is is I. I'm seeing stuff as content, like I, I can create content, not not because mm -hmm. oh I'm using you as a, a piece, you know, a marketing mm -hmm. piece. Um, I'm including you in it, so that's that's us time. Yeah. But I'm seeing everything as a marketing. How you know, since I'm an influencer, I'm seeing how how can I promote this product effectively? Mm -hmm. Oh, we're gonna be doing something cool. Where I can make a small mini shoot out of that yeah. while I'm here, and then the rest of the time is us. And so it, you know, you have to find somebody that that they can see that that you're not just 
you know, you're not using everything as, you know, it's a me, me, me. It's like, like hey, this is for us in the, in the long run. But the, the, the worst for me was like, um, oh, well, this girl liked your post. Who is she? And I'm like, yeah. I, I have no fucking clue. There's thousands and yeah. thousands of people. That's like, the I, internet. That's what that is. <laughs> it is social media. Yeah. Underline like, social. Like, like the word, we're not actually friends. It just says yeah. friends on Facebook. You yeah. Know? Like, so yeah, and and now I'm now I'm dating somebody that's been in that world and understands it. Yeah. And, you know, so um, yeah, it's uh, that's some sage advice, man. Getting somebody. Yeah. In and, I, and I say that because it's happened to me multiple times. Back when I was first going to college, like my dream job was always to become a computer animator and work for Pixar. No shit. Yeah, dude. Like I loved like Minions and all the animation yeah. movies, like Wally, like. Dude, that is like my thing. Like I've oh, and I kicked myself in the butt because I was dating a girl at the time. And, um, yeah, it's kind of getting sidetracked, but her parents didn't approve of my color. And so I, I was, <laughs> I forget that you're yeah. even brown. Dude. Yeah. Like, so I, I we're yeah. the same shape. Yeah. So they, they didn't approve of, of, of my, so we had to hide our relationship when I was in, cause I was in, I just graduated high school mm. and she was still in high school. Um, and so we had to hide our stuff and, and, um, and so that, and that in itself kind of created issues within it, but, but. I ended up not going to TSTC in Waco mm -hmm. um, to, to go into their computer animation school because she wanted me to stay close. And then I had to basically, okay, now I gotta go work for her dad to try and make see so her dad yeah. can see me hardworking. Yeah. I'm in college, putting myself through college. Like, yeah, I didn't come for money, but I'm trying to make, I'm trying to yeah. you know, not be a product of my environment and trying to make myself, trying to get myself out. Hey, I'm gonna take care of your daughter if we end up you know, going down that road. Um, but they never could get past it, you know, they just, uh, so I ended up, basically not doing what I always wanted to do and kind of went, I mean, which I'm glad I went down this route, but well, it, yeah. it's, it's multiple times where it happened to me. And I, it's, I could just, if I go back to myself, just, Hey, just do, you know, find someone that supports you and then, and then hold on to them. The, the, the best piece of advice I ever got, and um, it, it's hippie as hippie as all get out. And, and it, yeah, I was, was blue collar and very um, raised traditionally. And that, that hippie stuff didn't get a look in, but I, went on this journey of you know self-development and all this stuff and i one of my coaches i was going through a program and they made me write down all the things my ideal partner like like literally all of that stuff and um i put like a full page of notes what my ideal partner was going to be and after that like i didn't allow anybody close to me that didn't match all that shit and when I put it out there in the universe and nine months later I wasn't even looking and somebody's walked in and I'm like, well shit, like yeah. it's right there on that page. And I I don't, I still struggle to believe in the power of manifestation, but I mean, shit, if it worked for me, maybe you should, uh, maybe you should like take the time. And what it did with me was like focus in on the fact that if she wasn't X, Y, Z, A, B, and C, then I don't need to be talking to her. Mm -hmm. I period. Yeah. And then that was it. And it just made the the filter a lot stronger, yeah. And it made it a lot easier to see that hey, this isn't going to work anyway. So yeah, it filter went from from moderate to aggressive. No, the filter went, <laughs> the filter went from non-existent. <laughs> you know, come on in. But, um, but yeah, and, I, and I've kind of done the same thing where where you know with with mine, um, like I've I've met someone since since then, um, and so and we're kind of feeling it out as well. But it, it's kind of been the same thing where mentally, I didn't write it down, but mentally I had, okay, I need, mm -hmm. you know, since I'm involved with acting and since I'm involved with yeah. music, since I'm involved with fitness stuff, like all these things, 
Like, I'm always going to be in the public eye because of all these things. Yeah. I, I need someone that's going to understand, hey, when I'm acting and if it's seen with another girl or something like that, I'm not trying to bang this chick. This is it's, a role. It's acting. Yes. It's pretend. Yes. It, whenever they say, you know, and scene, I'm done. Hey, cool. You know, great job. Yeah. I go back to my chick. I, I'm, I'm not, you know. Yeah. That, that, that is, that is yeah. kind of weird because, you know, I've yeah. seen, I've seen some of the stuff the girl I'm dating's done uh, as far as like, she's, she's in, uh, she's in film. And like, you, you see her with a dude and you're like, yeah, but it's acting. But the other thing is like, you see her playing like a, an emotional role and you're like, damn, I hope she's okay. And then you yeah. remember it's, it's acting. Yeah. And but, then with yeah. fitness, with fitness stuff, it's like, you have to kind of give yourself a little bit and it, it's not that you're flirting, but you have to be flirtatious. Right, right. And then same thing with with the band stuff when you're at the merch booth and stuff. Hey, yeah. what's going on? You're yeah. like, oh man, you look good in that shirt. You know, you yeah. just you have to kind of be flirt flirty, but not over. I mean, there's there's a well, certain like, point you go and stop, but yeah, but you have to you have to be outgoing, and you being outgoing isn't you flirting or you hitting. I mean, it can move to that if you if you don't watch it, but at the same point, you have to under, you know. I, I was like, I have to have someone that understands that there is a me over here who's a real me mm-hmm. this is who you're gonna get outside of all this stuff and then you're gonna get each little role like i have you have a, a, a band version of me you have a mm-hmm. fitness person of me you have an actor version of me and these are pieces of me but they are not who i really am right right no i, I totally get that and and you know some days like i'm not on the same influence level as you i'm still a few tiers behind where you're at but i, I got some influence and yet some days i just don't want to talk to anybody I want to be. I want to be this Sam over here. Yeah. I want to be the quiet Sam. I don't want to be the Facebook Sam that's got to come out. Yeah. Be... You just want to walk into a place and, and nobody know you and just kind of just all right. I'm gonna order something to drink or something to eat and just hang. If yeah. I want to have a conversation, you're striking the conversation. It's not being brought to you. You're not like, you know, after our show at, at here. You know, I, I try to go to a different place and me and uh, a chick that I was with uh, were like, let's just go over here to you know Murphy's Bar or somebody to hang yeah, out. As, as soon as I got in there, dude, it was, it was already you're getting hit up. And I'm like, man, I'm trying to hang out with you. Know, you just at just, that point, you just got to fist bump everybody. Yeah. And get on with you. I mean, and you've got you, to play yeah. that role. And, 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 you, and you, you hate to, I hate to do that because I just, you know, like I'm not trying to, you know, act like paparazzi's chasing me or anything. But you just want to go and like I, I've been talking all night. I just want to go over here, hang out with my, mm-hmm. you know, my chick, and just just chill. And but you just yeah. don't get that opportunity sometimes. And so it's yeah, it's it's nice when you can just turn turn it off and, and just be you. Well, shit, man. I gotta turn it off and just be me and uh, go pick my kids up because it's Sunday evening. And we're, <laughs> we're gonna go have some dad time, dude. Jesse, thank you, man, for coming hanging out with me down here tonight. Yeah, dude, um, I'm glad we finally able to to get it together. Dude, we're we're gonna do it again here soon. Um, I've got a lot of new projects coming up. That man, I'm still under NDA, so it's, it's driving me mad not being able to talk about it. Um, <laughs> Those are the worst, dude. I, you can't tell nobody that, that you know all your all the success that's coming to you. Well, they're like. Where have you been? Why are you so quiet? I'm like, well, actually, I've been working on something really big, but shit. I can't tell you, though. It'll all come out (laughs) this week, I'm sure. But all right, last question, man. For everybody that's following the podcast and made it this far, I am going to uh, put all your links in the show notes. But where can the guys uh, follow you online? Where can they listen to this new album you're dropping? And uh, how do they get a hold of Jesse James? Yeah, if they want, uh, you can go to my official website. It's uh, Jesse Huerta, J-E-S-S-E-H-U-E-R-T-A dot com. Um, that right there has basically all my acting stuff, fitness stuff, band stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It has my tour schedule because uh, I, I oh, also nice. have uh, our, our tour schedule on there as well. 
Um, my band is Hindsight, so if you go to Hindsight Rock, H-I-N-D-S-I-G-H-T Rock. Got that spelling right. Let's yeah, see. make sure. <laughs> <clears throat> and then uh, HindsightRock.com, and that has all my band stuff, uh, all their socials and stuff like that, right, all our right. YouTube links and stuff so they can watch the videos. Um, tour schedules as well, where we're going to be playing. And so if they you know, have any questions or anything, just, you know, free hit me up on any social. I'm pretty much on everything, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Gotcha. Uh, anything. Just not knowing fans. So, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> no. I got, you know, maybe think about selling some peat picks on there, but, you know, you never know. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, what a wonderful way to end the interview, man. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me. All right. Appreciate it. Man. I appreciate it. Guys, that was Jesse James. Please do me a favor. Go check out his shit because he really is a guy that I'm glad that I know and uh, I really look up to the hard work that he's done. So uh, go check his stuff out in the show notes. Uh, if you've enjoyed today's show, do me a favor. You can uh, find Jesse on Instagram. Tag him. You can tag us at Small Business Surgeon. Share it out. Leave a review and uh, you'll have a great week. I will uh, catch you guys again on Friday with this week's episode of Friday Fire. You'll be good and stay safe. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.